You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. When we got here, we were very, very small in our thinking, very limited, very, uh, we loved Jesus, but we just weren't doing much for him. You know what I mean? And what we discovered about Awaken, if you stay here long enough, your life will start working. It's not the easiest church to be a part of. But I discovered those that are after easy generally don't really want great as well. There's a price for greatness, and Awaken pays it. And you know what? If you really get to the end of your days and don't want to have regrets, pay a price. Because when you interview people who are at the end of their days, their, their regrets are always related to playing it safe. The opportunities they didn't seize. The things that opened up for them, but fear or comfort kept them where they were. This is a church, awakened church, where we take ground. And I want you to get used to being a person who's not in the same place that you were a year ago. Be allergic to mediocrity. Be allergic to being stuck. You're going to have to do some things differently than you did a year ago to get where you've never been. But let's just get used to perpetual growth and change. Amen? Hey, want to honor Mike and Lisa Hundley. Stand up real quick, you guys. Stand up. Let's go. Listen, guys, East Campus is on the move. It's on the move. I got the privilege of being out with you guys on Sunday and just what you guys have done and the culture you have. And it's an epic place. And I just want to say that you guys are epic, faithful powerful, fruitful leaders, and we love you here. Listen, we don't, we're not going to have them very much longer here on Wednesday nights because of what they're building out there in our East Campus, man, and the team you guys have. Man, that team is unrivaled. So, yeah, we just love you guys, and we're going to enjoy you here on Wednesdays while we can, but God bless you. It was actually while I was driving to church on a Sunday that God began to speak to me about this particular scripture I'm going to share tonight. And we're going to just dive right into the word. Are you ready? Yeah. We are a word of God, church, just so you know. We love the Bible. We believe the Bible. We preach the Bible. We pray the Bible. And we expect the Bible. So I want you to get ready and fasten your seatbelts. This is not a religious environment It's a powerful, faithful, expectant atmosphere where God moves. He is going to move tonight. He's going to move in your life. He's going to move in your work. He's going to move in your marriage. He's going to move in your finances. There is not an area that God is not interested in getting involved in. We need to be people that open our lives and our minds and our hearts to giving God access to everything. Anybody with me? Come on. All right. Well, let's start in the book of 2 Kings. I'm going to bring a scripture up here. I'm going to read it with you. Let's go. This is Elisha. 
Now, Elisha was the successor of Elijah. We all know who Elijah was. He went to battle, went to war against all the prophets of Baal, called down fire, and Elisha served him faithfully until his time. There's a message in there for somebody. Serve faithfully until it's your time. But when it's your time, take it and seize the moment. When it was Elijah's time, he wanted a double portion of what Elijah carried. And guess what? He got it. Don't be hungry for things that are beneath what God has for you. Yeah, expect a lot and go after the things that God has. But it's very interesting if you start to study the prophets and Elisha specifically, I always look at what did he do first? What's the first miracle? The signature miracle. Look at Jesus, the first miracle. Turned water into wine at a wedding. That means he likes marriages. That means he likes marriage retreats. Awaken likes marriages. Awaken actually believes your marriage should be better than it ever could be. And we're gonna invest in it. But I love about Jesus is you to think the first miracle he did was some you know, religious activity. He made wine, folks. Oh, yes, he did. And it was the best wine, the finest wine. Yeah, he's a party god. Uh, <laughs> okay, but we're going to look at Elisha's first miracle. It's very critical what he did, and we are going to believe that the things that he did, we are going to be doing in our day. So let's get ready. One day, the leaders of the town of Jericho visited Elisha. This is what they said to him. We have a problem. My Lord, they told him, this town is located in a pleasant surroundings like San Diego, as you can see, but the water's bad and the land is unproductive. Okay, but let's stop there before we keep going, okay? First of all, what I like is the leaders of the town or the city came to the man of God. In other words, the man of God had a reputation of being able to do something about problems. Let's get ready and get back to being a church that has a reputation of doing something when there's a problem. That when there's a problem in the city, the church isn't irrelevant. The church is potent and impactful, has wisdom and answers. Let's restore reverence to the term reverend. Let's go. Okay. Getting back to Elisha's miracle. Let's keep going. The, the problem was the land wasn't producing the way it was intended to produce, okay? Elisha said, bring me a new bowl with salt in it. So they brought it to him. Let's keep moving. Then he went out to the spring that supplied the town with water and threw the salt into it. And he said, this is what the Lord says. I've purified this water. It will no, no longer cause death or infertility. One more. And the water has remained pure ever since, just as Elijah said. Come on. I want you to hear something. The thing that God wants to do through his church and why Vision Builders is so imperative is he wants to heal the land. He wants to fix things that aren't working. Have you looked around this nation or this state, or this city, and noticed anything that's not functioning properly. It's a pleasant land, and yet it's so 
often unproductive. Not bringing forth the life, the health, the vitality that it is supposed to. That's where we come in. That's what the church exists for, is to be the answer and the solution and the life. Let's fast forward a little bit to Jesus talking about what we're supposed to be. Let's turn to Matthew 5. Let's bring that up here, please. This is what he says about us. You and I are the salt. Wait a minute. Isn't that what Elisha threw in to the well to bring life back to the land? And now Jesus is saying, you and I are the salt, the solution, the variable that's thrown into the mixture that makes everything work again. Wait a minute, I thought I was just supposed to go to heaven one day. I thought I was just a worm that's been forgiven of all my sins. And, and one day in heaven, I'm going to play a harp and, and, and sit on a cherub. And, and, and everything's going to be wonderful in the sweet by and by. You, you, you mean to tell me that I'm actually supposed to make a difference with my life on this planet? Oh, yeah. You're the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? It's good for nothing but to be tossed out and trampled underfoot. Welcome to the larger definition of the church in the United States of America. The very church that put America on the map has become the church that no longer is good for much. Enter Awaken Church. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're a not-on-your-watch church. Not, not, not on my watch church. We're a, we're a church that says we came here to bring life back. Yeah, not just to the four walls of a church on a Wednesday night or a Sunday. We came to bring life back to everything. We want everything. All the land, all the business, all the government, all the education. We want the media. We want the arts. We want the arts. We want it all. We're territorial around here. You know what we are around here? We're salty. We're salty. Yeah. That's the name of the message today. It's called salty. If you don't know what salty means, Pastor Becky on social media is known to be a little salty. When Pastor Jurgen is told not to do something, he can get a little salty. When Jesus entered in to the temple and noticed his house, the house of his father, wasn't a house of prayer, the disciples looked to one another and they said, he's a little salty today. 
You think we should get a little salt back? That's what God wants to do. And I want us to begin to see ourselves both corporately and individually as salty again. And I don't just mean agitated. That's, that's a little comedy. I mean effective. But oftentimes, the place you're called to be effective is, the, is in the area that you're agitated about. Don't, don't discount what bugs you. Oftentimes, your passions and your purpose is unlocked by the things that irritate you. Maybe you're just on the planet to fix them. Maybe that's why they bug you so much. It's going to be good tonight. <laughs> Holy cow. Well, the one other thing about God that's really important you need to know is he speaks in acronyms. And he has spoken to me through the acronym SALTY. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to talk about what it means to be salty. And we're going to properly define salty so that we can step in to being effective believers on the planet. So first and foremost, to be salty means to be a steward. It means you take good care of what you currently have. And there's two components to being a good steward. You have a good heart. You have a heart for God. You have a heart for people. You have a heart for the city. You have a heart for health. You have a heart for life. You have a heart for the kingdom. So your heart is imperative if you're going to be a good steward. But you also need to have hands that are put to work. You can have a faithful heart, but you need a faithful heart married to faithful hands that you need to be a producer. You need to be productive. I was thinking about King David, and I love him because he was known as a man after God's own heart. He was faithful in his heart, but he was also a man of war. He put his hands to things, and what he put his hands to prospered. Listen, if you're a person who only has a faithful heart and you don't put your hand to anything, you're not good for anything. We're done with the day of I'm going to sit in my closet and worship God. And the call on my life is to worship him. No, the call on your life, if you really want to know what a disciple is, is to bear fruit. I'm telling you, the call of the disciple is to bear much fruit. That's what brings God glory. And that's actually the definition of those who are my disciples. Read John, is it 5 or John 15? John 15. Okay, but here's the thing about David that I love. He's human like us. And there were things he put his hands to and things he didn't. You know, God blessed everything he put his hand to, but you know, he should have put his hands to parenting a little better. He kind of neglected his children. He wasn't a good father necessarily. Maybe it was because he was neglected. Remember when Samuel showed up? Is this all you got? He's like, Jesse's like, oh, I got another boy out in the back. Well, he's like, go get him. But I wonder sometimes, sometimes the things we don't want to put our hands to 
are the things we feel bankrupt in because there's been a generational cycle in our life where we were neglected or we experienced abuse or rejection or abandonment. So we overcompensate in the things we feel confident in and we neglect the things that we're a little insecure in but the problem is, if you neglect the thing that God has made you, to, called you to steward and be responsible for, he can't show up in it. No matter how much God wants to show up, if you don't put your hands to it, he can't do anything. Here's the other problem that David had, and I love David. Listen, I, I study David because I want to be fruitful. I want to be a man after God's heart but I also want to be effective in every season. Here's the other, se the other problem David had is there was a season he was supposed to go to war. That's why I like vision builders being every year because one of the things that will keep you from compromise is going to war every year. If you got enough for you and you're just sitting back on your rooftop taking in the scenery, you might spot something that's not your intention to have. The problem David had is he quit doing the thing that God had anointed him and called him to do. If we're going to be salty or effective, our season doesn't end. We don't retire. We keep going. We keep engaging. We keep producing. We maintain a faithful heart, but we also maintain faithful hands. If you're going to be salty, you need to be a good steward. The A in salty is the awakened way. I'm going to tell you something. This isn't your grandparents' church. We're not raising choir boys and choir girls. We're not learning rosary prayers, and I pray for all the poor souls in purgatory. We're praying prayers like your kingdom come, your will be done. Oh, I don't like that report, doctor. I'm going to call my church. We're going to change some things. Yeah, you see, this is my daughter. My daughter's life and skin and future's on the line. I don't think I can handle you keeping her for seven days. Uh, we're going to call on the church and bring change, okay? That's the way we do things. I, I want you to know, Tuesday mornings, stuff happens here, man. We're a culture of prayer. We're a culture of war. We're a culture of worship. We're a culture of excellence. We're a culture of disciple making. We're a culture that fights. We're a culture of the Holy Spirit. We're a culture of miracles. We're a culture who unapologetically teaches people to prosper because we want to take more territory. Engage your life in the awakened culture so that you can be salty in the earth and make a difference. I like the awakened way. Been here 10 years. It's just getting better, babe. Our marriage has gotten better. Our business has gotten better. I freaking love life. It's a good life. If you think the Christian life is a lame life, you have the wrong definition of it. In fact, let's get to the L that's in the word salt. It's your lenses. Sometimes, if your eyes don't work, you can go get glasses. If you don't see clearly, you can do something about it. If you have the wrong view of God, get a lens adjustment. If you have a wrong view of yourself, get a lens adjustment. In a couple of minutes, we're going to have the prayer team up here. That might be one of the things you and I need prayer for, to start seeing differently, seeing more clearly. If you could see clearly how much God loved you, everything would be turned upside or right side up, let me say. 
If you could see clearly how he created you to be productive and fruitful, to win, the, the call, the assignment, the anointing, the plans he had for you, everything would change. Listen, you would stop being um, unproductive and distracted and you'd start becoming focused because you'd realize, wow, God's got big plans for me. Let's adjust our lenses. I believe God wants to open our eyes tonight to see him better and to see the call of God on our lives better. Listen, if you don't know the call of God on your life personally yet, that's fine. But just know you're corporately a part of a church that God's using in the earth. And I like being a part of something bigger than me. Because there are seasons where I'm a little uncertain. Where I don't know everything and I don't know what God has for me. But I'm going to tell you something. I have found when I hitch myself to what God's doing in the corporate body through Awaken, it always brings clarity around my own life. The T is territory. We are territorial here. And I want us to understand that it's spiritual to take territory. It's spiritual to buy buildings. You know, I was just in Salt Lake City, and the second largest Christian church in Salt Lake City has been shut down for a year. You know why? Not because of fear. Because they're renters. And the landlord determined that you can't meet on my premises because of COVID. Oh, dear. Another weak church that's not the head, that's the tail, that's not above only, it's beneath, that's not the lender, it's the borrower. And when you position yourself as the borrower, you cannot determine what happens on your premises. Don't ever underestimate the importance and the spirituality of taking territory. And I want you to understand, if you want to be salty, you need to be ready to be territorial. And then the why in salty, we're going to end on this, is you. It's you are the salt. You and I are the answer. You and I are the person that God loves and wants to utilize to bring solutions in life to this city. Amen? Hey, we're wrapping up. Just close your eyes with me, though. If you're here and you feel just a little more awake than you did an hour ago, me too. But, you know, we call this church Awakened Church because we believe God's awakening people. He's awakening people to his love, his plan, and he's awakening people to their assignment on this planet. I'm going to have the altar team, uh, the prayer team come up. Listen, our altars are a place of transformation. So if you're on the prayer team, could you just come up here? We want to pray for you. We want to pray that God would begin to reactivate you, to turn you back on to awaken your soul, to bring you back into a place where you are useful and essential and powerful and impactful for him. Yes, he wants to reignite your love for him, your relationship with him, but even more than that, he wants to turn you on. He wants to turn you loose. He wants to utilize you on this planet. Let's repeat after me real quick. Then I'm gonna pass this back to Pastor Jeff. In fact, Jeff, you can just start to come up here. Repeat after me, Father God, thank you that I'm alive right now. Thank you that you're activating my heart. You're turning my life on, my mind, my soul, my spirit is coming back alive. I realize you're the author of life and life abundantly. Wake me up, 
like I've never been awake. Open my eyes, open my heart, enlarge my mindset, make me salty again, impactful, powerful. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.